Ayo, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Ace. This is Fantasize Football, and we are back once again, bringing y'all some more fantasy football content for the 2021 fantasy football season. Now, week 15 is not completely wrapped up, but it almost is, and I felt like I needed to get out here and make sure I gave y'all my favorite waiver wire targets, at least up to this point, for week 16 of the fantasy football season. I do hope you guys enjoyed your weekend, you enjoyed the football, most importantly, you smashed and are on track to smash your fantasy football matchups this week and move on to the second round of the fantasy football playoffs. But we got the wave of wire targets to get to here today. But before we get into that, before we get into the good stuff, like always, just wanted to give a quick thank you, a quick shout out to all y'all that come by on a weekly basis, showing your boys some love and support, helping the channel to grow. I really do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. If you are new to the channel, though, welcome. I do hope you enjoyed today's video. If you do at any point, please make sure that you leave a like, drop a comment, and subscribe to the channel. Help me reach my goal of 500 subscribers on YouTube by the end of the fantasy football season. I would appreciate any and all help reaching that goal. But like I said, here it is. Week 16 is right around the corner. It is upon us. And I got to bring y'all my favorite waiver wire targets here this week. Some must add players for y'all. And we got a lot to get into. So without further ado, let's kick it off with Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears, quarterback of the Chicago Bears, currently rostered in just under 25% of leagues. Now, here's the thing, right? Let's just not talk about last night against the Vikings, all right? It wasn't a great game, but it wasn't a bad game from Justin Fields. And he has been pretty good for fantasy in two of the last three games, excluding last night, excluding week 11 where he had to leave early. He's had 70 or more rushing yards, and we absolutely love that rushing upside, that dual threat upside that Justin Fields brings to the table. If you look at weeks 8, 9, and 14, he was averaging 230 passing yards per game, 73 rushing yards per game. He scored five touchdowns in that span of time. Good for just under 24 fantasy points per game. And this week kind of feels like the perfect storm here for Justin Fields in a matchup against Seattle. Seattle has struggled against the pass. They allow the most passing yards per game this season, almost 280 yards passing per game. They also allow 116 yards rushing. So to me, based on how Justin Fields plays as a kind of dual threat option, I love the matchup here against Seattle this week. And I feel like if you need to, you can even ride Justin Fields through championship week as the Bears go up against the Giants in week 17. Now, at this point in the playoffs, chances are you do have a better option at quarterback, but I felt like I should at least throw it out there if any of y'all are struggling at the position. Justin Fields is my favorite semi-widely available target at the quarterback position this week. But moving on to running back, this is where the heavy hitters are this week. And the first player I got to talk mm -hmm. about is from the winner's circle. Fins up, baby. Fins up on a nice little winning streak. And a player that I've had a soft spot for throughout my uh, my my fantasy football career. A player that I felt like never got a real fair shake. Duke Johnson of my Miami Dolphins. Currently rostered in under 1% of leagues, right? Love to see Duke Johnson really get an opportunity here. Now, I don't know exactly what happened. But if I had to take a guess... Miles Gaskin, missing the week of practice, missing a lot of practice this week due to the COVID protocol. Duke Johnson must have had a very, very good week at practice, and Brian Flores gave him all the opportunities in the world here in week 15. And not for nothing, Duke Johnson really capitalized on those opportunities. He looked great. He was running hard. He had plenty of volume, and we love, love, love to see the volume. 23 touches, almost 130 total yards, and two touchdowns here. Now, 
it's tough to predict what's going to happen moving forward. I mean, albeit being great for fantasy, Miles Gaskin hasn't been super efficient this season. Duke Johnson, on the other hand, again, very small sample size, was very good last week. So I expect to see at least some more opportunity from Duke Johnson. If anything, kind of worst case, I figure it'll be kind of more like an, a split, a close to even split. Best case scenario, it's in the range of outcomes that Duke Johnson maintains this role in the offense, right? Which is a valuable, valuable role to have. If you're going to be getting that kind of volume, I don't care where you are. I love, love, love to see it. Now, Dalton's got a tough matchup here against Nuance, but I do think he's at least worth an add based on the potential volume moving forward. And moving on to the next player I want to talk about, it's Ronald Jones of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, currently rostered in just about 23% of leagues. Now, the Bucs had a tough week, man. They lost 9-0 to the Saints. Mike Evans went out. Chris Godwin is now out for the season. Lennon Fanette got banged out. Uh, banged out. Banged out. <laughs> Lennon Fanette did not get banged out. He got banged up. He got banged up, all right? He ain't get banged out. I'm sorry, Lenny. I didn't mean to say that about you. But listen, that's who we want to focus on here is Lennon Finette. He suffered a hamstring injury. And hamstrings are tricky, right? So I do expect Lennon Finette at least to miss a little bit of time. And Ronald Jones will more than likely be the main benefactor of that. Stepping in for Lennon Finette, he had eight carries for 63 yards. He also had two, uh, two targets, caught both balls for eight yards. Now, like I said, I do expect Ronald Jones to step in as the lead back Probably handle at at least the majority of the early down work, the goal line work. And I do think he has an opportunity to be like the three down back here. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn probably sees uh, he probably sees a little bit of passing down work to Keyshawn Vaughn, but Keyshawn Vaughn did not look very good uh, against the Saints either. He had a couple drops and the limited opportunities he had. Ronald Jones has struggled as a pass catcher as well, but I do see it within the range of outcomes that Ronald Jones is the three down back moving forward with Lennon Finette out of the lineup. And if that's the case, we've seen it with Lennon Finette this season. That is a very, very, very valuable role to have. Now, the Buccaneers do have a tough matchup here against Carolina. Carolina's been uh, Carolina's defense has been great, but what we're really looking forward to here with Ronald Jones is if Leonard Fournette does have to miss multiple weeks. Championship week, the Bucs do get the New York Jets. And even with this matchup against Carolina, I expect the Bucs to come out with a vengeance and to be controlling this game. And this would be a game script where we could see a lot of running of the football, which is obviously great for Ronald Jones. But then, like I said, championship week against New York uh, against the New York Jets. If Leonard Fournette has to miss that week, then Ronald Jones has legitimate league-winning upside. Now, Moving on from Ronald Jones, we're going to hop on over to Jeff Wilson Jr. of the San Francisco 49ers, currently rostered in 44% of leagues. Now, here's the thing with uh, Jeff Wilson, right? Elijah Mitchell missed his second straight week here due to a concussion, due to a knee issue. Now, I thought he was going to clear the concussion protocol and be good to go last week. Unfortunately, that did not happen, but he should be fine to clear the concussion protocol. But the real big takeaway here is... This knee issue for Elijah Mitchell is a lot more serious, a lot more severe than what was initially let on. Because up to my knowledge, last week, I was thinking it was a minor knee injury and he just needed to clear the concussion protocol and he'd be good to go. But clearly that's not the case. Kyle Shanahan said he's hopeful that Elijah Mitchell plays this week and that's not super, super encouraging for me. Jeff Wilson stepped in as the lead back. He handled 88% of the snaps. He had 21 carries, over 100 yards, scored a touchdown, caught both of his targets for nine yards as well. And like I said with Ronald Jones, if Jeff Wilson is gonna be the lead back in this offense, this is a very, very valuable role to have. Now, even in this matchup, they have a matchup against the Titans this week. 
Titans have been great against the run. They've only allowed about 87 rushing yards per game. But based on the role, based on this offense, what this uh, what this role could mean for Jeff Wilson, I do think he's at least a good plug-and-play option this week if Elijah Mitchell does have to miss his Week 16 matchup with the Tennessee Titans. Now, wrapping it up at running back, this is the player here that I think actually has the most upside, the highest ceiling here for this week. It's Justin Jackson of the LA Chargers, currently rostered in just under 3% of leagues. Now, quietly, Justin Jackson is kind of like, carved himself a nice little complimentary role with Austin Eckler out in this offense, right? He's had 10 and 14 touches over the past two weeks. Last week, he had 14 touches for 99 yards. And now Austin Eckler has entered the COVID protocol, right? And if Austin Eckler is to miss time, I'd expect that Justin Jackson handles the majority of the work, is kind of acting as the lead back in this offense. Now, I'd expect to see Josh Kelly sprinkled in a little bit there, but I would expect Justin, Jox, uh, Justin Jackson to handle the majority of those valuable touches, the early down work, the goal line work, the majority of the passing downs. And Justin Jackson is another player that has showed some flashes throughout his career. And if he's the starter this week, he legitimately has weak winning upside as they're going up, the, the Chargers are going up against Houston this week. The Texans are dead last in the league against the run. They're allowing 145 rushing yards per game. So if Justin Jackson is the starter, I think that he has the highest ceiling. He has the most upside here this week out of all these running backs that I mentioned. But it does come with some risk because if um, Austin Eckler does clear the COVID protocol, then Justin Jackson is back to being about an 8-12 to 12 touch running back. But I do think he's at least worth, worth a shot based on the potential upside, based on the ceiling. Now, moving over to the wide receiver position, first player we got to talk about here is Amara St. Brown of the Detroit Lions, currently rostered in about 24% of leagues. We've been talking a lot about Amara St. Brown, and he has really broken out. He has really established himself, and he is a absolute must-add this week. Absolute must-add. Even with the news about Jared Goff, um, he's potentially going to miss this week. He has entered the COVID protocol as well, as just like half the league, apparently. But nonetheless... You got to be all over Amara St. Brown this this week. You really do. This is probably your last chance to get him, right? I've been saying throughout the year, when you see a rookie, when you see a player in general, but especially a rookie coming on week in and week out, kind of getting more and more involved, you got to hop on him. Amara St. Brown has 35 targets over the past three weeks. 12, 12, and 11 targets. He's averaging nearly nine catches, 83 yards, and he scored uh, two touchdowns in that period of time. He's established himself as the top option in the receiving game on his team, top option for Jared Goff. It's probably directly correlated to missing DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, TJ Hawkinson, but Hawkinson is out for the year now. Swift's still dealing with the lingering shoulder injury. I do like Amon Ross St. Brown a lot. Got a great matchup here against Atlanta, but what we like him the most for is the championship week matchup against Seattle. We're picking on Seattle. They allow the most passing yards per game this season. They are the worst team against the pass. And Jared Goff, if he's not back for this week, should be able to clear the protocol for week 17. So Amon Ross St. Brown, if you need help at wide receiver, he has to be your top priority here this week. Now moving on, the next player I want to talk about is another player we've talked a lot about recently. Gabriel Davis of the Buffalo Bills, currently rostered in 12.5% of leagues. Now, Gabe Davis has really come on as of recently with Emmanuel Sanders out of the lineup. He has now scored a touchdown in three straight games. But what we like to see more is the past two games where he's seen seven and eight targets. Last week, he had five catches for 82 yards, and he scored twice. Now, a lot of time I say, when you got these players that have these really high touchdown rates, 
that they're in for some touchdown regression. And that usually is the case, but some players just really have a nose for the end zone, have a nose for the red zone. And Gabe Davis is one of those players. We saw it last season. We're seeing it now while he's getting these opportunities. And I think that's because he's in, partially because he's in such a pass-happy offense and he's one of Josh Allen's favorite deep threats, one of his favorite targets when they are around the red zone. So I like Gabe Davis a lot. He's got a matchup here, a divisional matchup against New England. It is a tough matchup. But he gets Atlanta in the championship week. So I do like Gabe Davis a lot as well if you need help at the wide receiver position. Now to wrap up our wide receivers on the main slate, the player I want to talk about is Jamison Crowder of the New York Jets, currently rostered in 30% of leagues. Now, with Elijah Moore and Corey Davis out of the picture, I expect Jamison Crowder to be the top target in this passing attack for the Jets moving forward. And he's already been relatively heavily involved in the games that he's been healthy this season. He's had six or more targets in nine out of the 11 games he has played in the season, but he has not been able to convert that volume into many big fantasy performances just because the Jets kind of stink. But listen, they got a matchup against the Jags this week. So if there was ever an opportunity for Jamison Crowder to have a big week here with the Jets, it would be here against Jacksonville, who just allowed Brandon Cooks to go for over 100 yards and two touchdowns last week. This feels a lot like the matchup between Houston and Jacksonville last week, where I said I like a lot of these players this week just because it's two bad teams going head-to-head Two bad defenses going head-to-head, so I do like Jamison Crowder as well this week. And now, moving over to tight end to wrap up the main slate, we got a player with a pulse here, Hunter Henry of the New England Patriots, currently rostered in just under 48% of leagues. What do you want? What else can you ask for than a tight end with a pulse here, right? But I should give Hunter Henry a little more credit. Give credit where credit's due. He had the best game of his season. He had eight, uh, eight targets, six catches, 77 yards, and he scored two touchdowns this week. Now, the volume here with Hunter Henry, I do always say volume is king. The volume does leave a little bit to be desired here. He's only seen five or more targets in five out of 13 games this season. But again, like I said with Gabe Davis, he is another player that just has a nose for the red zone. He has nine touchdowns a season on 58 targets. And that's because when the Patriots get around the red zone, when they get around the end zone and they're in a position where they're going to be throwing the ball, Hunter Henry is the first option. He is the first read for Max Jones. Now again, like I just said uh, with Gabe Davis, this is a tough matchup, a divisional matchup, two good defenses, Buffalo and New England. So Hunter Henry is a bit scary this week, but nonetheless, you're looking for a pulse here. And if they're around the red zone and they're throwing the ball, they are at least going to more than likely look the way of Hunter Henry. So he is my favorite option out here at tight end. If you need some help at the position, that's semi-widely available, available in less than 50% of, I'm sorry, available in more than 50% of leagues. And you want to feel a little better about Hunter Henry. Maybe you don't feel super confident against him against the Bills. Um, with him against the Bills. He gets Jacksonville in the championship week. So even if you're not starting him here this week, I do think he's a good option. He's a good player to have on your roster for the championship week. Now moving over to our DST stream of the week. We're finally pivoting off the Miami Dolphins. We're pivoting off the hot streak of the Dolphins, unfortunately. And we're going with the Chargers, who are currently rostered in 33% of leagues. Now, the Chargers are going up against Houston this week. And I absolutely love this matchup. Houston stinks. They stink, right? And I'm going to tell you why I like this matchup so much for the Chargers, even though the Chargers have struggled a bit. Now, the Chargers have actually been getting takeaways, though. That's one positive thing here. Over the past four games between interceptions, fumble recoveries, they're averaging over two takeaways per game. We love the matchup with Houston, though. Here's why, right? Because where the Chargers have struggled the most is against the run. They've been very good against the pass this season. Houston is 
dead last in the league in rushing yards per game. Their run game is terrible. Uh, the Chargers have a good pass defense. Like I said, this is likely to be a game script where the Chargers are controlling and Houston has to throw the ball a lot. So just the Houston as a whole, uh, the nature of what this game should be with the Chargers controlling the game, Houston having to throw a lot, Houston having a bad run game already, um, the Chargers having a good pass defense. I just like the Chargers a lot this week, hence why they're my stream of the week. Now, let's wrap it up with the, the players for the deeper leagues, the deeper sleepers, whatever you want to call them. And listen, if you're still here, stick around. Some of these players are players you might want to keep an eye on. We're going to kind of power through these, get through this, get in and out and on to week 16. First player I want to talk about is Tyler Huntley of the Baltimore Ravens, quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens, rostered in just under 5% of leagues. feel like I got to talk about him. Lamar could be back this week, but if he is not, Tyler Huntley is a must-must-add. He had a massive, massive week last week, throwing for over, for, throwing for 215 yards, two touchdowns and then he also added 73 yards rushing for um, two touchdowns four total touchdowns last week Tyler Huntley absolutely exploded I wouldn't be surprised if somebody goes out and tries to trade for and give Tyler Huntley a shot next season based on how well he's played in the opportunities that he has had this season they're going to match up here with Cincinnati this week so if Lamar is out I like Tyler Huntley a lot but if you're in a pinch you need someone that you can feel confident not feel confident but you know you can slot in your lineup this week it's going to be Big Ben it's going to be Ben Roethlisberger at the Pittsburgh Steelers for me, Rostin, in just under 20% of leagues. Now, he had a bad week 15, but prior to that, Big Ben had been pretty good. Three of his last four games, prior to last week, like I said, he did have 23 or more fantasy points. Got a matchup here against Kansas City. Likely a game where we see a lot of Ben Roethlisberger and the passing attack from the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I do feel pretty confident at least slotting Ben in as a streaming option here this week. Now, moving over to running back, this is a player I wanted to talk about in the main slate, but I just had so much going on at running back, I figured I'd just throw him down here. It is Craig Reynolds of the Detroit Lions, currently rostered in about 7.5% of leagues. Good for Craig Reynolds. He gets signed to the active roster. He at least has himself locked in as the third, uh, the third running back in the depth chart here. But... Here's the thing with Craig Reynolds. He has been great. Last week, second week is kind of the workhorse in his offense. He has 26 carries for 112 yards, gets a target. Uh, no, 26 carries, 112, correct? Yep, 26 carries, 112 yards. One target, catches it for five yards. Now over the past two weeks, he's averaging 5.3 yards per carry. He's got 37 carries for 195 yards. Now, DeAndre Swift's still dealing with the shoulder injury. Jamal Williams is likely to come off of the COVID protocol, but if DeAndre Swift misses this week, I don't think the Lions just all of a sudden just say he has the keys to the keys to the city to Jamal Williams. With how great Craig Reynolds has played, I expect him to at least be involved. Also, if Jamal Williams has to miss any time this week due to um, himself having to like wait a little bit to clear the COVID protocol, you know what I mean. He misses some practice time. Craig Reynolds could be in for another week as the lead back for the Lions. And they got a matchup here against Atlanta, who have allowed 100 yards or a touchdown to the running back position in 12 out of 14 games this season. Um, moving on, we have Tyler Johnson of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Got to talk about him. Rostered about 1% of leagues. Godwin's out for the year. Tyler Johnson's likely to step into that number two wide receiver role with Antonio Brown out as well. Mike Evans, I think, should be good this week. But nonetheless... Tyler Johnson has a big opportunity here, right? He saw seven targets last week with Godwin and Mike Evans out. We know how valuable this role can be as the number two receiver in a Tom Brady offense, especially here with the Buccaneers. We've seen it with Mike Evans and Godwin. Tyler Johnson isn't the same caliber of player as Chris Godwin or Mike Evans, but nonetheless, the opportunity is there. The potential for him to be the number two receiver, potentially the number two option in his passing game, that's enough for me to want to have Tyler Johnson on my fantasy football roster for 
the uh, remainder of the season with Chris Godwin out. So Tyler Johnson, if you're in a deeper league, definitely, definitely, definitely worth a shot for me. And then we have MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling of the Green Bay Packers, currently rostered in about 15% of leagues. Now, over the past four weeks, MVS is averaging nearly nine targets per game. Now, this is directly correlated to Randall Cobb being out, but nonetheless, the volume has been there and the volume is very, very encouraging. Now, MVS is the epitome of boomer bust, right? Based on his role, based on the nature of his role in this offense, as kind of working as just like kind of a deep threat, he's either going to give you one of those big games or he's going to give you a dud. So you got to be okay with living and dying by MVS. But listen, if you're in a deeper league, you're just looking for someone that has that kind of upside, that has that kind of, if you need to fill in a hole on your roster, you need to fill in a, a flex, a wide receiver three, MVS is the type of player you are looking for, right? Over these past four weeks, two of the games, he's had duds. The other two, he's had 90 or more yards and, not or, 90 or, 90 or more yards and a touchdown. So the boom potential is there. The upside is there for MVS. And now to wrap it up, we have Cole Komet of the Chicago Bears. Kind of the opposite end of the spectrum from Hunter Henry, right? He's currently rostered in just over 20% of leagues. I did a little cheat in here, whatever though. But Cole Komet, he's had five or more targets in five of the last six games. In four of those games, he's had seven or more targets. So the volume has been there and he is still yet to find the end zone this season and again we're picking on seattle the matchup with seattle this week allowing a lot of passing yards i'm expecting a lot from justin fields a lot from the pass catchers here from the chicago bears so i like cole Komet a lot if you need help at tight end in a deeper league but that wraps it up that is it that is all that is all there is i hope you guys enjoyed today's video if you did at any point please make sure that you leave a like drop a comment and subscribe to the channel it really does help help the channel to grow please help me reach that goal of 500 subscribers on youtube by the end of the fantasy football season follow my socials i am going to be posting um if there's any additional waiver wire targets based on tonight's game i will be posting them over there we've been trying to get more active on twitter more active on instagram it's kind of tough right now but i'm doing my best so make sure you follow me over there i would really appreciate that but we're done me my boy we are out we will catch y'all next time enjoy the football tonight actually we got football tonight it's pretty crazy when you think about how much football we actually are having um we had thursday then we had saturday we had sunday we got monday we got tuesday we got a day off then we got thursday and then we got saturday and sunday again it's just it's like christmas <laughs> merry christmas i'll see you before then but merry christmas nonetheless but listen i'm done i swear i'm done me my boy we are out we will catch y'all next time and as always Thank you, love you, peace.